praise the Lord, my Lord, the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. The people, uh, what a mighty program this has been today. And this is exactly why I began this program on this radio, to be able to address the youth. And you see, today, when I saw this flash on the newspaper, the abortion crisis among the youth at the university and asked uh, Senior Bishop Margaret Wamboy to run this today. Look at the participation. Look at how many youth came out to say, look, they have procured abortion and the consequences of abortion. And then also we have seen very clearly from the specialists and there is no better, there is really no better person to contribute to this program than the Deputy Director of Medical Services, Dr. Abonio herself, who is one of the leading experts, leading specialists in this land in gynecology, leading gynecologists in the country. So this has been a very powerful program today because it gave the youth a chance, a platform, a forum in which they can talk, you know. They can come out openly and talk about their situation. And those who have not yet gone that direction of sexual sin, this is yet another place at which now they see the red flag and they can receive better counsel and avoid the things we have had on this program. You've seen many uh, of the youth have come out say, I aborted. It's very shocking because they are not saying I aborted once. They're saying I aborted twice. So the crisis is even deeper. That is what you pick from this conversation today. And that's why we've extended it. I know that the world program is coming up from 1 o'clock or so. But I wanted to weigh in also because a very, very senior doctor, Dr. Abonio, Bridget Abonio, has come in and presented plainly the consequences of sexual sin in the universities and in the colleges and among the youth generally. And uh, some of what she presented is very shocking because she talked about the fact that at the age at which they are trying to uh, to procure abortions, sometimes they don't have means, most of the case, they don't have money. And so they go to the back streets, people that are not qualified to even do those procedures. And at the same time, uh, they are talking about the expense and the equipment not sterilized, not autoclave, hmm? not white with the surgical spirit, and, and, and then the, the effects, the infection. Uh, she talked about the rotten uteruses, and you know when she finished, then you hear people calling, people calling, the youth calling, saying, I aborted twice, it's a life you don't want to go into, it is a life of weeping and wailing and pain every day. Some of them talk about the near-death experience. And so this is really very, very shocking uh, to see what the devil has done in the universities and what sexual sin has done uh, across the earth and among the youth. And you know, the youth are the future so if you really are able to destroy the youth, if you destroy the youth, 
then you will have essentially destroyed the nation. It's like walking into a forest and cutting down the young trees. Then that forest is finished. Uh, the Bible speaks very clearly and raises a serious consequence on sexual sin. In the book of First Corinthians chapter 6, that is a very powerful scripture that addresses this sin, this vice, and uh, um, it says, First Corinthians chapter 6, if you read on verses 9 on, it comes out very openly about sexual sin. When it says that you need to be very careful, I'm reading First Corinthians chapter 6, from verse 9 it says, It says, Oh, do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? So the best way to look at sexual sin as a youth or anybody, wherever you are, is to look at the consequences, the final end. Where, where will it end you? Where does it take you? Where does it end you? Where do you end up? Because it says, Oh, do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, those are now homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So this would be the very first place to go to if one wanted really to look at the, the consequences of sexual sin among the youth, for example, in this program of the youth that has become so powerful, extended until one o'clock. You see the Lord coming out very clearly here saying that where do asking you, where does it take you? Where do you end up when you indulge into sexual sin? We heard very clearly from the Deputy Director of Medical Services Dr. Bichu Savonio, who is actually the top, one of the top leading specialists of gynecology in this country. Actually, she has her own hospital, private hospital. And she said, even the age at which they're engaging in sexual sin and, and then procuring abortion, the age alone leaves them permanently damaged, damaged for life. So the devil does not intend any good, you can see. The devil is not playing with you. The devil is not joking with you. And yet the same scripture, uh, now, same First Corinthians, but chapter 10, verse 13, it says, No amount of temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out that you can endure. So this is very, very powerful, very serious, blessed people. The Lord is saying, no, there is no excuse whatsoever for anyone to indulge into sexual sin, to get involved in sexual sin. Because he's saying, you can overcome. And he says, your body 
is the holy temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the holy temple of the Holy Spirit. And yet, if you read the same First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, what does he say? He says, flee, flee, meaning run away. He does not say handle it, manage it, or that this young man is laughing at you, and you say, don't worry, I'm going to talk to him. I'll, I'll tell him I'm not interested. I'll sit with him, and uh, I'll, I'll just convince him to leave me alone or whatever. He does not say so. He says, flee. He says, flee. Flee from sexual immorality. He's saying, flee. So he's saying here, First Corinthians chapter 6, 18, flee sexual immorality. Everything that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Look at that. And what we have heard today is unbelievable crisis. If you look at that article that I presented to Margaret and said, please, can you run the program on this today? Can you run the youth program on this? This is a serious crisis. And you see that in that article, it talks about procuring abortions in the Mark Street Clinic, the amount of heart, people drop out of school, they die, they develop parts in their uterus, so eventually they have to report to a, a recognized hospital, like we had one of my sons at Kenyatta National Hospital when he was at emergency and accident. And uh, you heard what he said, that every other day, young ladies appear, the youth appear, who have tried to procure abortion in the Mark Street Clinic or by buying which medication. And then when now they are about to die, they are rushed to hospital. And he says there is a crisis. I listened to him very well at the Kenyatta National Hospital, the emergency room. You had the emergency doctor there, my son there, what he said. And he said it's a very severe crisis. And it, you see, and we heard also from some of the youth that called saying, it, it destroys your marriage, forget about marriage, because she said you suffer throughout. She said she's in pain and tears, a broken marriage, she had to move where and so forth. And then, and, you know, just step out of those marriages. Because sometimes now you cannot even give birth. You have this unbelievable infection that went very deep into you, into the uterus, destroyed you. I listened to everything they said. And this is the purpose we raised this program for the youth. Because we realize that this revival is on. It's a massive revival. But if we don't bring the youth on board, then the nation is devastated. The church is devastated globally. In Romans chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its last. The Bible is very clear to the youth and all people as to why you cannot entertain sexual sin. You cannot. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, 
no adulterers, idolaters rather, no adulterers, nor homosexuals, no sodomites. First Corinthians chapter six verse nine. And you see the amount of homosexuality going on. If you look at the chronology of the reports in the many, many studies that have been done, they begin from high school, in the boarding schools. They call each other girlfriend, girlfriend, sweetheart, what? And then at night they share bed. Those are the lies of the devil. The devil lies to them. They think it's a joke. But at the end of it all, it is unbelievable. At the end of it all, it is serious. Because then you get hooked. You get hooked onto sexual immorality, onto homosexuality, lesbianism, gayism, whatsoever. And yet the Lord is warning here that you will not see the kingdom of God. So is it worth it squarely? Because people go through their maimed, they go through injuries they, in, in those clinics where they're trying to procure abortion. And in Second Corinthians chapter 12, 21, it says, Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. On this matter, it says, you must mourn. If anyone falls into sexual sin, it's mournful. It's a mourning event. You have to mourn. Huh? This is very serious, basically. Extremely very serious. But there is such a crisis among the youth. And yet Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says, But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be among, be named or mentioned among you, as is fits of uh, sorry, as is fitting of saying. In other words, concerning your salvation, concerning your status as a Christian, a believer, let these things not even be heard among you. Uncleanness, the fornications you see going on in the universities, and the, the masturbations going on. You know, as you can imagine, in our prayer line here, we receive a river. A river, every moment there's a river blowing of prayer requests. And you hear people crying that they are now hooked. In other words, they are addicted to, to masturbation. And fornication, uncleanness, covetousness. And the Lord is saying, as a born again, you cannot go this way. That should not even be heard. And he raises the same warning. He raises the same, same warning. In the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 5, when the Lord says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Again and again, the Lord warns you about destroying your eternity if you get involved in fornication, sexual immorality, pornography, and cleanness. Today the youth are involved in pornography, 
It is accessible to the phone, to the phone now. Parents have paid a lot of money, sold land to make sure you go to school. And these days it's not even easy to get a job. They are praying very hard that you finish very well, that you may go kungangana, go struggle out there with the rest. Sometimes it takes them five years to get even a simple job. Four years, they write to us here. And yet, the devil is waiting for you at the university. This is very sad. This is absolutely very, very sad. The lives are destroyed. But I thank God that we have the repentance and holiness students' fellowships all over this country now. I don't know whether we have them in many other countries out there. But in this country, you have the repentance and holiness students' fellowship. And you see the reports flowing through our emails every day, every morning, every evening, how they're evangelizing, they're they are, they are reporting to their fathers here, how they're giving account how they're living their lives at the university. You see them evangelizing the masses, evangelizing to street children, evangelizing at bus stops. You see they have picked up the burden. And on that road where they are now ministering the word, they can only become holier and they are protected by the blood of Jesus. The Lord Jesus himself, with his, the shadows of his wings, he protects them. So they are not available to all these sins that lead to hell and damaging your future, your life. They live injured for life with abortions, with HIV, AIDS, infections, hepatitis, and, and, and liver, liver, uh, liver cancer. This is serious. Huh? This is very serious. And so, the best way as a youth at the university to avoid, the best way to avoid falling into sexual sin, which is really the rot, that, that, that is the only direction you should never go. Once you shut the door to sexual sin, you have almost destroyed all the other sins. The best way to avoid it is to avoid situations that will cause you temptation, that will bring you to temptation. Just avoid them. Don't deal with it. If you are invited by friends and colleagues to a room, and every time you go there, you find he has a girlfriend inside there, and yet he is inviting you to, to study. You are a young man, and every time you think you are going to study together, you find he has a girlfriend in his room. So, so you need to get out of there. You need just to avoid any situation that will lead to temptation. Or you are reading with him and his girlfriend is walking very terribly dressed there, pretending to cook or what, or do whatever it is. You just avoid that. So you flee from temptation itself. The Bible is very clear. In the book of Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 and 3 says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips, for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. Look at that. He's using that to depict temptation. Hmm? 
He said, avoid anything, sexual sin, or that will attract you to sexual sin. We live in an age where it's being glorified. It's being glorified. They think you are pretty. They give you makeups and think when you do this that you are now pretty. But at the end you will cry, like you've heard those who have called here today. They have cried. At the end it's unbelievable. A life of tears and pain. When you are infected, it's a terrible thing to be in. It's a terrible situation. And so the Lord is saying, avoid the ensnares, the traps that the devil sets for you. And so we have said very clearly that before you go into that sexual sin, a young man in the class keeps saying, I want to borrow your notes. Can you help with your notes, you know? I didn't catch this thing very well. And then he calls you in the evening to go pick your notes. You can avoid those kind of situations. You can avoid those temptations. How about if you go to his room and he rapes you? How about if you go and fall into sexual sin because that is the devil's trap? Avoid any temptation, any situation that will tempt you. Just flee from it. Don't handle it. Flee from it. It's a very terrible time right now globally. It's a time at which everyone knows the Messiah is coming. You look at the news, you look at the prophecies, look at the messengers who are ministering here, and then you can tell that the Messiah for sure is coming. Why should you then waste your eternity because of some very funny young man or some young, funny young... That when the women are pregnant, they call them, they say, don't mention my name. They, they write, send them a number, a phone number with 4,000 shillings. You saw in that article, 4,000 shillings. They send them a number. They call this number, go abort in that bus stage clinic. And yet when you enter complications of abortion, over bleeding, until now they have to remove your uterus, they have to save your life, they will not be there. They'll be moving on with other lives, other people, to abuse other people. And that's why this is absolutely very serious uh, to the youth that such a time has come when now the young people of this nation and all the nations need to be smarter because the wisdom of God has come. The message of righteousness has come. You find so many Christian youth engaging in sexual immorality. They begin with coarse jokes. Even in Christian unions, when they are there, you hear of pregnancies, abortions, and what have you. It begins with simple jokes. A brother saying he wants to pass by your room. Or a sister saying, can you pass by and make you a cup of coffee? Why would you get involved in that? Why? You need to set boundaries. I have said this again and again over the many years. That you need to set an iron wall as a boundary. That anybody that looks at you obviously knows that this person is born again. This person does not like sexual sin. Anyone that looks at you can tell that this person has no jokes with sexual sin. Why entertain sexual sin? Why even discuss it? And you know, for women, sometimes it becomes quite uh, very shocking because sometimes they envy other women that are in sexual sin. Or maybe they feel as though, oh, I'm pretty enough, people are looking after me. 
the people are admiring me. So for them, that becomes like a validation appraisal. But let me tell you one thing. That is the devil. He's out to destroy you totally and also push you into the lake of fire. And he says here that every sin you commit is outside the body, except sexual immorality. That whoever sins sexually essentially sins against their own body. This is serious, blessed people. Very serious. How? How can you get involved in sexual sin when Jesus has already gone and died for you at Calvary and resurrected? Even those in marriages, you cannot. The Bible says, let marriage be held in honor among all. And let the marriage, the marriage bed, be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. The judgment of God, the consequences of judgment, are obvious in the Bible. Obvious in the Bible. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 and 5, he says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you be sanctified that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. The Lord is saying there must be a clear-cut distinction between those who are born again and those who are not born again. He's saying, for us we carry the treasured gospel of Jesus. How then can we get involved in sexual sin anymore? And he says in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, 28, But I say to you that anyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. God comes out very clearly in a myriad of places. The entire scripture is a red warning, is a red flag that God is flaming out, is raising against sexual sin. How can you go there? Look at the repentance and holiness students' fellowships all over this country. Look at the integrity with which my sons and daughters there carry themselves. Look at how they pick up the, the responsibility, the duty, the obligation to reach out to those who are perishing in the universities, those who are holding each other. Sometimes they enter rooms to evangelize. You see a girl is sitting there. And then a boy is sitting there, you caught them in the act. And so they minister to them, and when you look at them, they feel guilty. Somehow you, they even know that what they're doing is wrong. Look at how the young men and women of the Repentance and the Holiness Fellowship, uh, Students' Fellowship, University Students' Fellowship, look at the integrity with which they carry themselves. Look at their own demeanor even when they're talking, even when they're standing, even when they're presenting themselves, even when they're evangelizing. They are on a totally different road, a road of safety, secured by the Lord. They are no longer food for the devil. Look at my daughters in the universities, the integrity of their character, how powerful. They are reaching out to more. They are pulling out more from sexual sin. They have matured very fast. They have realized it is their means of survival in the university, in the colleges, in the high schools, that if they don't go this way of evangelizing, and preaching holiness and removing their fellows 
their friends and colleagues from sexual sin, they will be victims themselves. Parents have sold the land. Parents know you are in school, then you arrive with a pregnancy, or you arrive that you almost died of abortion, or sometimes a dead body, like the stories we have heard, that when they are drunk, a vehicle knocked and poured the brain on the tarmac because she was drunk, coming out of a bar or a man's house at 6 a.m. It's terrible. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 says, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named or mentioned among you, as is proper among saints, because you are born again. Huh? This is a very serious situation, blessed people. The Lord Almighty coming out vividly clear and openly to fight for your soul. What we heard from the top doctor in this land, the senior most specialist, the gynecologist, Dr. Beatrice Bonio, is very shocking on the consequences of sexual sin when now they are caught up. They are now caught up in a very bad place. The man that made her pregnant is not there. And she has no money. She doesn't want the parents to know. They don't have that money for it also. Because they're very humble. They have sold land to have her in school. And then you remain alone. Then suicidal tendency. Suicidal tendency. You hear that they are committing suicide. And all the emotional and psychiatric, psychosis, whatever, depressions, the things that accompany murder, because abortion is essentially murder. In many counselings that I've had with many, 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 as you can imagine, one of the biggest things you see is the severe depression that strikes them when the reality now strikes home that you have murdered before the Lord. All of a sudden you mature to that. And there is no remission except that you go back to the Lord. But you see, they have that positive feedback. So they tend to go back to sin again because they are trying to validate themselves. They are trying to say, oh... This guy has dumped me. So they abort and clean themselves up, and she wants to show him that she has another boyfriend. That is not the right way to go. It is the devil who is essentially playing with you. He will finish you. He will kill you. The devil is not a joke. He will bring you down. And that's why, even among those entering heaven, the Bible warns that the following will not enter. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, it says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral. He includes them there. The sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake of burning sulfur. The lake that burns with the fury of fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So the consequences of sexual sin are very clear. It is death and hell. And that's why it's very important at this time for the young men, wherever you are, young women, wherever you are, to stay away like those in the ministry of repentance and holiness. If you are a parent and you have some university daughter, a daughter in the university or a son, Oh, <laughs> if I were you, I would rush them to the repentance and holiness fellowships. 
not Christian Union. You know what happens in Christian Union? I'm saying to the Repentance and Holiness Fellowship, rush them there. And at that place, they will find refuge. Because the devil has devastated the whole generation, has destroyed them terribly. The devil has finished the youth. The Lord comes out with a serious warning. Jude 170 says, Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serves as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Look at that. So you think their judgment was eternal, was already done. They are not waiting for the day of judgment. Their verdict has been written. Again, on this matter of sexual immorality, who is it that wants, wants to spend their life in, in, in eternal hellfire because they went to university and they indulged in sexual sin? This is a tragedy of the generation. If you consider the number of abortions taking place in the USA, in Europe, in Kenya, in the university, it is shocking. The generation has fallen so far beyond even Sodom and Gomorrah. And yet the Lord is so clear about sexual immorality. The Lord is always warning on sexual immorality. Matthew 19, verse 9, says, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery, meaning going to hell, unless he repents and receives Jesus, so we have a real opportunity here for people to be enlightened and stay away from sexual sin. These heart-wrenching stories we have heard today are unbelievable. And today, Senior Margaret has run a very powerful program here. With that article, when I told her, no, don't run the program you're trying to run now. Just read this article and address this crisis, you see, on today's national newspaper, today's paper. Today's paper, they say abortion crisis in the universities. And they're discussing the age groups. They're also talking about how they were raised well in the Bible by their parents. And when they reached university, they now thought they had achieved freedom, attained personal freedom. But the consequence is unbelievable. They drop out of school. They have aborted their start to the child. They have to go look for a maid's work, housemaid now, to try to feed that child. Look at that. And that's why I encourage you all to enter Repentance and Holiness uh, University Student Fellowship. Whichever the university, we are there. We're in all universities. You can get help. That is not the way the youth should go. That is not the way this generation should entertain. I mean, when they see their youth headed towards the lake of fire, total devastation, destruction, HIV infection, majority of them are infected. If you read many other articles, and the, the, the surveys that have been done, most of them are infected with HIV, with herpes, with all these STIs, which devastate them, destroy them, and drop them out of school. Because sometimes, and like, as we know, they don't have money even to, to pursue treatment. And that's why the Lord is very clear when he says, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols 
and from sexual immorality. Look at that. From what has been strangled and from blood. Sexual immorality is always a warning. Always a warning. Always a warning. This is very serious. Very, very serious. And that's why in finishing, I want to say thank you, my daughter, Senior Bishop Margaret Wamboy, for this program, and uh, even for the opportunity to weigh in, because there is a crisis among the youth. Our youth are in serious crisis. And if there's any parent out there, make sure that your daughter enters Repentance and Holiness Student Fellowship. If, if they don't, if they don't, you know what you'll harvest from there. These days they come home with two babies. One baby they abandon, they, they drop there for you, they go back, bring another, and again they trash there for you, they bring it. It's just unbelievable. And they are damaged in their health. It is open prostitution at the universities. It's a very sad scenario. Open prostitution. And so, thank you. For those who have ears, the Lord has spoken. Just repeat after me. Say, my dear Lord Jesus. I want to repent from sexual immorality today and totally turn away from sexual sin and all sin. And I ask you, my Lord Jesus, to help me and guard me, safeguard me, protect my heart, and keep me away from any situations of temptation. And yet strengthen my heart in holiness. Let, it, let me be an example among the youth. Lord, strengthen a ministry in me. Let me reach out to pull out those that are bondaged, chained by Satan in the bondage of sexual sin. Lord, help me to be totally holy and righteous. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again. Amen. Thank you.